1: you are listening to Channel Africa, South Africa's external service into Sub-Saharan Africa. Thank you for listening to us on our various platforms on DSTV, OpenView and our website www.channelafrica.co.za. Well, today we're going to look at reaction to uh, the announced uh, adjusted alert level four of the national lockdown uh, in South Africa for the next 14 days. All social gatherings, including political, religious and cultural events are prohibited with the exception of funerals, funerals rather which will only be limited to 50 people President Sir Ramaphosa made this announcement in his address to the nation last night. This, as the country uh, grapples with the new Delta variant of the coronavirus, which has hit the country, leading uh, to South Africa, recording the highest number of daily infections in the past few days. Now, before we get into our reaction um, with our guests today, let's hear this report by Ndebo Mokobo, just to uh, contextualise the situation for our African listeners.
3: Almost 60,000 people have succumbed to the coronavirus in South Africa alone, and there are fears that the worst is yet to come as the number of infections continues unabated. Visibly worried, President Cyril Ramaphosa made a passionate plea to South Africans to observe the simple safety protocols to beat the virus.
4: I want to emphasize that it remains mandatory for every person to wear a face mask when in public spaces. It is a criminal offense not to do so. I know that people are bored with this president who continues to talk about wearing masks. He bores us and all that. But I have to continue talking about it because many of our people are simply not following The defense that we've always said can help us bring the the rate of infection down while we wait for the vaccines to
3: arrive. And as expected, he announced some tougher regulations at least for the next two weeks.
4: All gatherings, whether indoors or outdoors, are prohibited. These include political, cultural, social and religious gatherings. Funerals and cremations will continue to be permitted, but. Attendance may not exceed 50 people and all social distancing and health protocols must be observed. Night vigils after funeral gatherings and so-called after tears gatherings are not allowed. Beaches and parks will remain open. However, no gatherings will be permitted at such places.
3: Contact classes are also canned for now with the winter school holidays brought forward. Schools will start closing from
4: this coming Wednesday, the 30th of June, and all schools will be expected to be closed by the end of the week on Friday. Contact classes at tertiary institutions will end by Wednesday, the 30th of June, with limited access to the institutions. Residences, however, will remain open at those institutions. The ministers of basic education and higher education science and innovation will provide further details on these arrangements.
3: And with Houten being the epicenter and accounting for 60% of the new cases, The president said leisure travel in and out of the province is prohibited. Because of
4: the burden of infections in Gauteng, travel in and out of the province for leisure purposes will be prohibited. This does not include work, business or commercial travel, transit through airports or for the transport of goods. If you are currently not in your place of residence, you will be allowed to return home to or from Gauteng
3: and has assured the nation that the vaccination rollout is going on smoothly.
4: We are forging ahead with our rapidly expanding national vaccine program.
3: As of midnight yesterday,
4: nearly 2.7 million South Africa had received a vaccine dose. In the last week, daily vaccine rate had surpassed 100,000. I still want to see this reaching 300,000. In the last three days, we have received an additional 1.2 million doses of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, and 1.4 million doses of the Pfizer vaccine through the COVAX facility. With these additional supplies, we will be able to rapidly increase the rate of vaccination this week and in weeks that follow.
3: The president also had a tongue lashing for the EFF for taking SAPRA, or not giving the Russian Sputnik V and the Chinese Sinovac vaccine the note. the government will assess infections after two weeks and decide if the current measures remain or are relaxed. I am Tebu Mokobo in Johannesburg.
1: Very detailed report that contextualizes our conversation today, and we're going to get a response around the adjusted level uh, four uh, of the national lockdown in South Africa for the next 14 days. A lot of uh, um, sectors have been affected by this particular adjustment. Uh, we're joined by Mugwe Namaluleke, Secretary General from the South African Democratic Teachers Union, also known as SATU. We also have Michael Swain, Executive Director from uh, Freedom of Religion, South Africa, also known for 4SA. We have Wendy Albert, CEO of Restaurants Association of South Africa. And let me start with Mugwena. Thank you for giving us your time.
2: Uh, Good morning, Benjamin, and good morning to your and as well as the listeners. Thank you for the opportunity indeed.
1: I see the Department of Education right now is at the uh, Free State in Butsabelo, and they're making this update on basic education response to these lockdown measures. So there's still a lot to unpack, really. And we don't have all the information yet as it's still being announced, Mukwena. But what do you make of the closure of schools and educational institutions being brought forward? And uh, uh, schools are said to be uh, closing from Wednesday?
2: Thanks for the question. Uh, We we really welcome uh, this move by the President and and, uh, the Government um, to uh, bring bring forward uh, the uh, closure of the schools um, to the 30th, in particular this week. We do so because we have always emphasised that we shall be informed by science and we shall always be (coughs) uh, following what uh, the trend is in terms of Epicenters and 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 hot sports and therefore we will always engage with the Department of Education. So we have been engaging. Even on Saturday, we had a meeting where we agreed with the Department that it is now time that science um, must prevail uh, because uh, we can see that, that the transmission in the communities have impacted on the schools, and the transmission that happens in the school, the impact on the on on the communities. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it is important that the lockdown must not just be a lockdown. It must be the moment of reflection. It must be the time when we have got to fortify our tracking and tracing system to ensure that we track those who are affected mm. everywhere where they are so that we're able to um, um, uh, bring the numbers down.
1: Okay, let's move to you, Michael. Um, are you happy with this adjustment?
0: Well, I think the adjustment is obviously something that the president has the prerogative to do because uh, he clearly has the power under the Disaster Management Act uh, to make these regulations. The problem, of course, that we have seen in the past particularly is that often the way that these regulations are applied to the faith community is different from that which is applied to other communities, which really does ignore, I think, the critical contribution that the faith community makes as those who are in the front line of this pandemic. This is not just a matter of lives and livelihood and being able to make a living and what have you. Uh, and Even your health, people need spiritual sustenance. People need counseling. People need comforting. Who, who do you think is at the front lines handing out food to families who have lost their jobs and are literally in some cases starving? Who do you mm. think mm. conducts the funerals? Mm. So we, we do believe that it is perhaps counterproductive to completely shut down the faith community, when they're doing such an important job. And also, the restrictions on those activities have been uh, severe and more perhaps severe than on other sectors. I mean, there's uh, temperature taking, record keeping, sanitization, social distancing, mask wearing, all these things have been literally religiously applied. And yet you go into other sectors, into shopping centers and so on and so Mm, forth, where mm. and taxis where obviously those things don't apply. And yet somehow uh, this is science. Uh, Outdoors as well, outdoor gatherings. There is a significantly less chance of infection if you're meeting or if you're in an outdoor context. So Mm. uh, I'm I'm not fully persuaded that the science is being followed, but we do recognize that the president does have the prerogative.
1: Different responses coming from Mukwena, from the teachers' union, Wendy, and uh, from the religious perspective, Michael giving his own view. From a restauranting perspective, I know that this has been a difficult season for your sector, Wendy, but there has been this increase that we've been seeing lately. What's your take on last night's announcement?
5: You know, I appreciate that the president has difficult decisions to make. But I think that they certainly are looking in the wrong places to try and um, put blame on the industry. You know What we are, again, is we're the industry that's hit the hardest. And what we've learned through all the levels of lockdown is that all this simply does is destroy the ability for people to earn an income, it destroys livelihoods, and it destroys businesses and people who are passionate about their businesses. Also the emotional impact that this has had on our industry is severe. You know, last night, my phone was flooded with emotional messages of people desperate to know where they're going to get their next income from, where they're going to get work from, whether they're going to return to their jobs, whether they're going to be able to have any type of recourse financially from UIF or TERS. Mm. Um, And you know, for me, the first decision that I always move into when we move to these spaces is how do we protect the vulnerable people? These are the beautiful people who serve our industry so tirelessly and effortlessly. And they are never protected. And one thing we had asked for government from the onset is consult with us, talk to us, let us find solutions together that has the least amount of economical impact on us, that allows our people to stay employed, and that allows our business owners to support employment. But you know, when decisions are taken yesterday and there's absolutely no regard for the hardship that we have been through, as well as the livelihoods of people's jobs mm. that are currently being destroyed, it makes me wonder. What is all this scientific evidence? What is all the statistical data that they keep referring to? Because if we were high risk, why isn't it that we were expedited with the vaccines? Why weren't my frontline staff given the vaccines in March already? Huh. You know, when the numbers got high, we consulted, we sent to government, we said we've got additional plans that can support us from staying open. Huh. Please don't shut us down without notice. Give us time to plan our businesses, to make effective decisions, to trade out the stock, to find solutions to support our staff, put TERS and UIF in place, ensure that there is some form of financial recourse that you're putting in place for us, let there be some debt reprieve for us, let there be some rental reprieve, let the the landlords cut our our leases, let the the banks hold off on our payments, and let us support government if you're so certain that this is what you want for us. But yet again, we sit in a ministerial house that is crossed over within two responsibilities who is actually advocating for the restaurant industry you know is it due to the fact that we don't have a full-time minister that's sitting on the portfolio Uh that we found ourselves moving backwards 14 months Uh into a further decimated place than what we were in January and when government worked with us in April we showed how responsible we could be and how we could work by ensuring that people could come into our establishments, drink and eat responsibly by ensuring that we keep everybody safe and that we turn the numbers down? Hmm. Why are we not doing the same effective, responsible consultative process as we did in April? Hmm. Why have we moved back like we've learned nothing? Today, the illicit trade has opened up and jobs, thousands, hundreds of thousands of jobs have been lost because the illicit trade is taken from our businesses today.
1: Hmm. We'll come back to that because I need to take a break because what you make is a very interesting um, case, Wendy, because they always speak about livelihoods versus the issue of um, the scientific notions. So how is the balancing act there when it comes to the restauranting space? Because I've seen that you guys had to bear a lot of uh, some of the burdens when it comes to to lockdown restrictions but we'll look at those uh, issues after uh, the break because hey teachers uh, uh, going to be at home but they can keep their salaries so that's another thing we can ask uh, the teachers union in terms of why they're getting that particular exemption, it's easy to be home sitting and getting a nice salary but here you're getting people in the restaurant industry where they have nothing to get just because people are not coming into their vicinities due to the lockdown so the, these balancing acts are, are becoming a mystery uh, to many of us but we'll continue the discussion after the break
4: you <laughs> Have you ever asked yourself, what on earth am I here for?
1: When God placed his image in us, he placed a sense of eternity
5: within us. What is my purpose in life? I was made for greatness. I just don't know what it is yet, but I was made for greatness. Life
4: by Design explores the journey of people from around the continent who live a life of purpose. They share their experience on how they discovered what they were meant to do. Join me, Amanda Machaga, every Monday at 8.05 Central African Time for your weekly dose of Monday motivation. Only on Channel Africa, the African perspective.
1: Life by design. Be the architect of your life. You are listening to Channel Africa. This is African Dialogue, where we contextualize the big issues on the African continent. Thank you for joining me, Benjamin Mushatama, on this hour. We're helping. We're having some experts helping us on today's subject matter, which is looking at the adjusted alert level four of the national lockdown for the next fourteen days. Uh, we had Wendy Albert speaking to us just before the break, a CEO of the Restaurants Association of South Africa, uh, the executive. Director of Freedom of Religion South Africa is with us. That's Michael Swain. And Mugwena Malulek is with us representing the South African Democratic Teachers Union. He's the Secretary General of SATU. Uh, Mugwena, let's come to that because uh, it seems like th- th- there is that issue of adjusting, the issue of livelihoods and also the cost of COVID-19 when it comes to lives. Um It's a strange balancing act because you have people, as you heard, like from the restaurant uh, space were saying, look, we are losing jobs. We're not getting an income when people don't come into our restaurants. But then you have people in the teachers industry who um, can stay at home and still they they get their their salaries every month. Uh, It's an imbalance in society, isn't it, that we are creating with these lockdowns?
2: Thanks Benjamin for that and I think we need to uh, appreciate the fact that uh, both from the restaurant side and the uh, faith uh, and, uh, and religious side that um, uh, of course they're presenting um, a, a very reasonable arguments. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I, I think it's important that uh, we are able to separate, distinguish um, whether the teachers will just be home and uh, not doing anything because it is that they were supposed to be going on holiday from the nine. Mm-hmm. And therefore this has been brought forward to this week, which means they will they be on holidays anyway. And therefore they will be coming back a, a week earlier as well um, because uh, it, it was planned It's in the calendar. However, we have to also look at the mobility issue because for us to be able to contain this particular virus, we need to be reducing mobility. We bringing about thirteen million of our learners in particular, and uh, at last year in 2020 we mm. were clear mm. that our learners were not being affected. but this time around the variant, which is called delta, as you put it, it is affecting the young people, and for us to be able to contain it, it means we must track and trace and be able to quarantine and, and self isolate those that have been affected, so that come the reopening of the schools, we deal with that. So the issue of people receiving salaries was their home, It is fact that uh, we teach, and we teach um, almost on weekends. Uh, If you go now to Makapanstad, parents and the teachers are sleeping at the schools on weekends, and therefore when I joined this teaching profession, we were told that you are a teacher for 24 hours. Uh So there's work that we do in terms of building relations with our students outside the classroom the only weakness that we are going to be seeing is that we are five years now behind in terms of the cost of COVID uh-huh. on our children. Uh-huh. And therefore, it would mean that we have delayed the issue of blended learning because we have been crying that when the schools are shut down, the learning must not be shut down. The learning must continue through a blended uh, platform where we could be able to have online, and can have distant learning and so forth. So, We from the union side, we really stand in solidarity with the workers that are losing their income, that are losing their their jobs Uh, and so forth. But we have to come together and say, like uh, like, like one of your guests is saying, uh, can we see ourselves as a law-abiding society as South Africa? When it's mandatory for a must to be won, can it be won? uh, If it is mandatory for us to say we must social distance, can we social distance? uh, but therefore, there are gatherings where there are no social distance, and therefore these are the real spreaders, and so forth. Because we in schools, we follow the protocols, we do everything, but we are not in an island. Mm-hmm. We go back to our society, our communities, and our communities, people are living their lives,
1: sure.
6: and
2: they're not following that. So our call is that let's use these two weeks as we assess, it, work together with everyone, including uh-huh. restaurants and those who really are, are saving us in the front line in uh-huh. retail shops because, indeed, I want to agree, can we sectorize the vaccine? Can we be able to go out and say, government, please give us the vaccine. Uh-huh. We have got record in the restaurant. These people are working there. We know they are there. Uh-huh. Give the restaurant the center where they can be uh, vaccinated. We also We only saw the ramping up when we did a sectoral one mm-hmm. basic education and say, give us as a sector, please look at us because we're frontline workers and we've been seeing the numbers. The President was saying we are now at two point seven million. We're supposed to not be at 2.7 million. We're supposed to be at 30 million by now. Mm -hmm. If we can agree that uh, we can go and find people wherever they are and vaccinate them and then, you know, make the registration very simple because when you don't make things simple, you're encouraging corruption because I see people are queuing and Mm -hmm. when people queue, They end up being impatient and they start bribing you for them to skip the
1: queue. Sure. You know, there's so many things that are happening here that are also confusing. And and let me move it to to Michael, because one other area is within the the religious space where, you know, we have the president saying, well, we're going to close uh, churches but we're going to have funerals and of course at funerals let's have 50 people then and not um, and, and still the pastor can come and facilitate a funeral but I think almost okay what's the difference between a funeral and a Sunday I mean, let's limit the people on on Sunday but we can't have um, but we can have funerals. So there's so many contradictions in in these decisions because you can have a funeral facilitated by a minister, but on Sunday you can't have a, a church uh, proceeding. Uh, as, as you
0: correctly point out, it, it is the lack of logic while simultaneously claiming uh, the application of science that is concerning about these things. And the other thing is perhaps... You know, why is there not a differentiated approach? I mean, obviously, it's very concerning that the uh, Delta variant has taken hold in Gauteng, but government is actually treating every single province of South Africa exactly as if they had the same level of infection and the the same level of challenge, Uh, whereas other parts of the country are actually not in anything like the same position. So, Mm -hmm. yes, Mm -hmm. we think that one of the things that should happen is that you basically do follow the science and you deal with things as you find them in a particular context, but if you don't, then bear in mind that this uh, lockdown is fundamentally removing people's basic human rights. I mean, the fact that you are... forbidden to do certain things. In fact, it is now criminal if you even attend a religious gathering, or even if you uh, cause somebody to attend a a, a religious gathering. Uh, That becomes a criminal offense, With I read just now a six-month jail sentence. Mm. I mean, these are pretty draconian measures. Mm. And again, I I was at a church service yesterday, for example, and the building capacity is about 2,000 people, and people were sitting properly socially distanced. Well, significantly socially distanced and and masked and everybody had hand sanitizers and everybody gave in their records and they were literally scattered uh, 10 meters between them because it's a a vast building Mm -hmm. and you're only still allowed 50 people. Why is that uh, not allowed anymore? Because Mm -hmm. you cannot argue on the one hand that that at one point is safe and good and well and that's why the government have put those regulations in place and they are strictly adhered to. It's the next day, say you have to close it all down completely. Uh, one day it's safe, and the next day it's not. Th- th- this is not science, unfortunately. And the approach is not consistent. And the way that uh, it cherry picks one type of event or one type of gathering and allows for another, I mean, uh, you know, maybe one shouldn't say so because mm. it's probably you know, politically incorrect. But you know, if you go and sit in a taxi, you're literally sitting shoulder to mm. shoulder with somebody. Mm. And for some, significant periods of time in a very confined space sure. and yet they run 100 percent capacity mm-hmm. but you can't even have an outdoor gathering of two people uh, mm-hmm. uh sort of praying together that suddenly becomes a criminal offense it, it, it just
1: doesn't make sense wendy let me come to you because i know restaurants are sometimes wedged between retailers or sometimes they inner in a um a mall context, and it's interesting to see that retail stores have not been affected. And sometimes uh, you'd go to a mall, and you see more people in these retail stores than in the restaurants themselves. And I, I was thinking to myself yesterday, this makes no sense.
5: No, absolutely not. You know, um, you know, we've had the, the, the most amount of regulation out of any other industry. In fact, we have to take ID numbers, contact details, temperatures. And yet other shoppers are allowed to roam in shopping centres freely. And I always feel like the restaurant industry is always the target of government's inefficiencies when they haven't done what they needed to do. You know, when we first went into lockdown 14 months ago, government locked this country down to prepare themselves adequately to get the health system up and running, to be able to let the economy continue to run. The dialogue still is the same. It is always pushed back onto us, and we are the only industry that has constantly remodeled ourselves into every other type of business. Uh No other industry has had to change their business model to the extent that we have had Uh just to keep ourselves afloat or to keep people employed. And I can't understand how they can always make reference to the scientific evidence and to the data and to the statistical information when it's never presented to us. So no matter how many times we actually ask for this, we never get the documentation that they keep referring to and when we make reference back what we do say to them is of all the learnings that we've taken from previous lockdowns, all we've learned is that destroys jobs and it opens up the illicit trade in the second economy which then obviously impacts us and, and closes our business and has a massive impact there are many solutions available that government can be talking to us about to allow the economy to continue to trade so where is the cohesive relationship and the promise from President Ramaphosa to say he'll balance lives and livelihoods, Mm -hmm. keep the economy turning, because the dictatorial space that we're in and we find ourselves in today certainly doesn't show that there's any interest in working with the restaurant industry to saving our businesses and saving the jobs that are currently being lost.
1: Absolutely. I'm going to take a quick break and maybe let's find a way forward after the break. What needs to be done? Mugwena uh, Maluleke from SATU was saying we need to find platforms where we can actually have a collaborated conversation on how to deal with these particular challenges. We'll, we'll look at that uh, theme after our break.
2: This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on Internet and Satellite from an African perspective.
3: Guess what, you can now listen to Channel Africa using Silozi,
2: Chinyanja, Kiswahili, Portuguese, French, and English, giving
4: you an African perspective. Hi, my name is Tandalunyan and you are listening to Channel Africa. We are Channel Africa from an African perspective.
2: Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective.
4: Due to general changes in programming on Channel Africa from the 8th of July, Africa of the Future will now be on air Tuesdays between 8 hours and 9 hours Central African time. We apologize for any inconvenience caused to you, our valued listener.
1: You are listening to African Dialogue right now. With me, Benjamin Mushatama, thank you for joining me as we discuss that just at alert level four of the national lockdown uh, for the next 14 days in South Africa. President Sir Ramaphosa made his announcement uh, last night restricting uh, uh, the procession of proceeding of schools. Uh, also, uh, restaurants have been closed. Alcohol selling has been banned. Uh, so many things uh, are banned such as religious gatherings as well. The rationale is something that we are questioning in this program and different responses coming from our guests and in in different sectors. Wendy, I mean, we've been in this space before where we've had a level, uh, different levels adjusted, level one, two, three, four, back to three, back to five, and, and we're doing all these adjustments. But I wonder if we are creating a, a comprehensive system whereby we're consulting with sectors, where we're dealing with things differently, not just uh, uh, using just this NCC or this uh, command council as the only um, leverage. But have we moved to a spot? Because the last time I spoke to you, Wendy, that was one of your biggest uh, frustrations, the the issue of consultation. I mean, it's, it's a few months down the line now one uh, would have thought that, okay, we've come up with a system where we have a different type of consultation system.
5: If we go back to April, and we look at how we were consulted in April, You know, and I remember standing back and saying that I appreciate government's efforts to recognize the integrity of the industry, and that we are able to keep our doors open and show that we can support government in their initiatives to balance lives versus livelihoods. There was a huge consideration given to us, and the Minister of Tourism at that point in time was a great advocate for the industry. We have found ourselves now going further back than we've ever been in 14 months. And again, I say to you that I think that there's a massive loophole in the Department of Tourism because we don't have a dedicated minister advocating for our efforts. So one of the things that I can say for certain over the 14 months of lockdown is that the Minister of Tourism certainly has worked very closely to gaining a deep understanding of the impact that COVID has had on our industry. And we've been able to open lines of communication to speak about job losses, the ability how we run our businesses, not to trade off our staff, the complexities with landlords, insurances, third-party delivery services, luxury licenses, liquor licenses, Samro, Sampra, and all the rest that is um, required for us to continue to operate our businesses. But to simply take us from completely trading into a place where we can only do te- uh, deliveries is completely an irresponsible decision because it shows that we haven't taken any of the working that we've been remodeling our industry on for the last 14 months to move forward to continue to work with government in a way that shows that we can keep people safe. And we keep calling for the scientific evidence. We keep calling for the data that they've collected. And what we've got is we've got solutions. Mm. So if we've got these solutions, why don't you sit around a table and talk to us? Why do you not care about the people that work within our industry? You know, we're the first industry to be called upon to create employment. We're the first industry to be called upon to feed the nation. Uh We're the first industry to be called upon when government needs us to be able to stand for South Africa. But when it's in the reverse, we're the last industry to be considered, Uh you know. All other industries continue as normal. You can walk into a shopping center. There's no data collection. And the problem or or the the epicenter of where the spread of COVID is taking place is not the responsibility or the result of the restaurants. It's got to do with the inability to accurately make available testing stations, people being vulnerable in the testing station, people not being paid, people not being able to manage the... um, the stress of, of having no income uh, while they're waiting for the results 14 days to get results back from from testing there, there are a lot of complexities which I don't really want to get into because uh, it's not my portfolio but I think if we're all going to be truthful about a situation right now I think government needs to stand forward and they need to give us proper answers on the questions that we are asking and to give us an opportunity to have a consultative process with them to open up the industry immediately uh, we cannot continue to have people unemployed It is not going to work for South Africa. It's Uh, not going to work for the people of South uh, Africa. uh, And it's going to lead to far desperate measures. uh, And what has government done to shut down the illicit trade? What have we learned 14 months about the illicit trade? There is a second economy running today that they're well aware of. uh, And by closing us down, they're promoting that economy. And it's not going to stop or have the desired effect that they want. There's still going to be the road accidents, lock-in parties, Cooler box parties, token parties, car wash parties, whichever other name that they have for these exclusive private top-end engagements where there is no control of spread of Uh, COVID. There is no regulations or protocols. And uh, again, we have been put at risk as a result of this. Where is the conversation with the landlords, uh, the banks, the suppliers? Mm. Where is the financial support? Why was TURS not adequately prepared? Mm. Today I get hold of the acting commissioner and the response, the rude response I get, sorry, I'm in hospital with COVID, get someone else to help you. How do you not have someone's details to be able to forward it on? Where is the consideration, the kindness, the compassion, the care? Where is the leadership Mm. to be able to draw into the potential to keeping people safe at this time? Safe is not only about COVID, Uh That is about allowing us to be able to support ourselves, Uh to be able to put food on our tables, to be Uh able to support our families, to give our kids an education. Sure. All of these things have been completely dismantled in the decision that was made to decimate our industry last night.
1: Michael, the way forward for you, I mean, where do you see things? I mean... We, we can't just continue from a government-centralised viewpoint and these impositions being made when they're also failing us when it comes to uh, the vaccination rollout.
0: Well, I do think that government is unfortunately really not in touch with the reality on the ground, particularly not in the religious sector. And again, this is a sector that has done everything possible to be... The, the most important, perhaps, uh, frontline contributors to this pandemic and to really helping and to offer services and support which typically uh, must take place because we are not just uh, one-dimensional human beings. Mm-hmm. We are very much you know, psychological human beings, spiritual human beings, and in a crisis moment, that's precisely when you need that type of support. But I think it's just really egregious when I read that literally if, if two people, which would be a religious gathering, even in an outdoor context, were to decide at some point to just simply pray together or to uh-huh. maybe sing a hymn together, that could carry a six-month jail sentence. Uh-huh. And it really is extraordinary that we've reached this place where, uh, upon what basis, upon what data... Uh, do they possibly base that? Now, we, 4SA, we uh, have already got a a, a legal action uh, in the High Court of Johannesburg against the Minister of Cogta oh. because earlier in this year, she uh, shut down uh, completely. There was a total ban on religious gatherings. Hmm. And yet, at that point, casinos were allowed to operate. And we really said, well, upon yeah. what data yeah. is it more likely to spread in, 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 a, in a religious gathering where you've got, as I said, all the sanitation, social distancing, hygiene, record-keeping, temperature-taking, all those measures in place, and yet somehow you can happily pull a thought machine lever, but the minute, mm-hmm. in that same context, you were to decide to maybe turn that into a prayer meeting and to pray two people praying together, that would then be something that you could be arrested for and criminally charged for. Yeah. So I, I just think that government really does need to consult more broadly It needs to be in touch with the reality on the ground. Uh, People are suffering terribly, and at the very point of their suffering, that is when we believe they do need uh, the religious sector to be there to help support them. Because, frankly, there is very little else uh, that is giving them uh, any type of practical support. And Mm -hmm. the religious Mm -hmm. sector are still, by the way, not officially recognized in the regulations as essential workers. Which is again something which, in our court case, we are saying government must amend and must, in future, uh, put make sure that that is put into any form of regulation in this type of situation.
1: Well, let me give you the final say, Mukwe, now from a teacher's perspective. You've got a minute and fifteen seconds left. Just give me your final sentiments around what 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 you see the way forward being.
2: Thank you so much, indeed. <clears throat> the, the the way forward that we see from from the teachers' union. Um, one is that let's work together and uh, let's improve the consultative processes uh, we do in education that we continuously are uh, consulting each other, sharing ideas, listening to the signs, and be able to make those particular informed decisions. We think it's very important that Michael and Wendy are calling for consultation that the government has got to be transparent and be able to consult. Two uh, is that we believe as an organization that the government can take us to level 20. Okay, but we will not be able to stop this virus unless we change our mindset as the people, unless we become People who are abiding with the laws of this particular country and not see this lawlessness that we see everywhere in the CBD, whether it's in tax rank, um, like, like Michael has said, it does. Because it doesn't matter what level we are. Mm-hmm. What matters is what you do as an individual, what do you do for your family, what do you do for sure, your community. Sure. So we need those particular champions. We need those particular uh, you know, uh, ambassadors uh, out of ourselves. So it is in our hands when we need to ensure that we do our best to ensure. So, from the teacher's perspective, is that our children um, um, are losing a lot. As long mm-hmm. as the community transmission is not going to be stopped, to die, we are going to have a situation where mm-hmm. our children are going to have 10 years of real deficit in terms of the skills, and the economy is going to be affected because we're not going to be able to produce the skills we need for, for our economy. Already, our community is very stagnant, mm-hmm. and therefore, mm-hmm. we need to do that. So, we need to save lives. Sure. Do everything so that we bring the numbers down within a week we need to
1: work together well we have to leave it there mugwena thank you for your final sentiments there and giving us your time on our program that was mugwena maluleke secretary general of the south african democratic teachers union marco swain was joining us as well from the freedom of religion south africa organization he's an executive director there We're also joined by the CEO of the Restaurants Association of South Africa. That's Wendy Alberts. Thank you all for your time. Well, that's how we wrap up the program today. Uh, thank you to Tumelo Zulu who was uh, producing uh, today's program, and uh, um, thanks uh, to uh, Tumelo as well on the other side. He was also a technical uh, producer. And uh, yeah, that's how we wrap up the program today. I'll be still with you for Africa midday, giving you the latest news on what's happening here on the continent of Africa. So do stay with us right here on Channel Africa. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Ki khat kiri poso takiri yen ting Dikele di rota kili chankaneng ning. Ki gin my ta one tassireting. My life was too fast. Five two who ya healing Blindfolded by the good life and pressure, killing my chi ting. Luna babo hale bang shape ling. Loho do mund the fating kill naba Begging for your forgiveness, Lord, I can't deal with the silence Standing before you, don't know, all I need from you is guidance Why well, I ain't dealing my killer, sniffing coke, riding reckless Thought I was doing best, just living life to the fullest stressless. I'm trying to lock on my finance I'm grateful for the second chance, now I know where my life stands With the purpose, just want to tie up all the loose ends No more wrong turns, I'm just hoping this ain't my last dance <laughs>